Hey everybody, we are here and we are live and we are ready to go. So thank you for joining us today. New Hope Radio, also New Hope Radio podcast. And uh, thank you for being part of the program. Going to let you know a little bit later on all about the Hope Club and how you can be an important part of the Hope Club and keep New Hope Radio on the air and keep the podcast coming. But today we got a really good topic. Our series is when you meet Jesus, things change. Oh yeah, and they can really, really change. The question is, have you met Jesus? What we're going to do today, we're going to contrast happiness and purpose. Do you see a difference? Do you see a difference between being a, living a life that's filled with happiness or living a life that's filled with purpose. And let me ask you, which one do you think is better? That's what we're going to see today. Let's face it. Everyone needs a purpose to live for in life. Everybody. No one's left out. We all need a purpose. What does it mean? What does it mean to live for a purpose. Because if we're going to understand a principle, we have to define the principle. So what does it mean to live for a purpose? It means to live to intend to do something or with an end in view. How about this? To live intentionally and having in mind a good result. I wonder how many people today live on purpose. They live intentionally that they do things and they make choices because they're looking for a good result when it's all said and done. We should all live with a purpose, or should I say, with a good result in mind. Okay? So we're going to continue with our series, When You Meet Jesus, Things Change. And we're going to see today a lady who went from living a life of merely seeking happiness to living for a higher purpose. I would say that's a promotion. And let's see if you agree with me during the program. Purpose, I believe, is greater than happiness. And you know why? Because purpose brings happiness. That's why seeking happiness will never result in having happiness. Happiness is not a goal. Happiness is a byproduct. Happiness is the result of doing something, but it's not a goal. It's, it's, it's a byproduct of the goal. So living for a higher purpose will always bring about the happiness that we're all looking for. I don't think there's anybody that's not looking for happiness in one form or another. The problem is, how do we go about it? Do you go about it the right way, or do you go about it the wrong way? We're going to witness for ourselves the transformation of this woman's life. She goes through four stages. Number one, the search for happiness. Number two, she has a hidden hope. Number three, she finds a higher life. And number four, the reward of joy. So let's set the scene. We're going to be in the Gospel of John, chapter 4, in verse 3. Jesus left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. Now, 
In Jesus' day, the Jews, because of their hatred for the Samaritans, normally took an eastern route, which was a longer route, but they wanted to avoid Samaria. They'd rather go around than go through because they didn't like the Samaritans. But Jesus chose the route right through Samaria in order to reach the despised people of that region. You know, as the Savior of the world, what does he do? He seeks out and saves the despised and the outcast. You know what we have to remember? That the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. And sometimes we look at people in the world and we're like, they're lost. And we want them condemned. And Jesus came for those people. He came for all people. You know, there's nobody that Jesus didn't die for. He died for the sins of the whole world, even the most wicked, rotten people. He took their sins upon him, upon his body. So in verse 5, John chapter 4, He came to a city of Samaria called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, he's sitting by the well. And it was about the sixth hour. It's about noontime. The heat of the day, you know, the hottest time of the day. It's really hot. Now, why is Jesus there at noontime? He knows he has an appointment. (laughs) No one knows but Jesus. You know, Jesus knows every appointment that he has, even though we don't. And he knows that he's going to meet someone. And he knows that the person that he's going to meet, oh yeah, they need to meet him. So, in verse 7, there came a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the, into the city to get some Chick-fil-A, to buy some food. And you know the lines at Chick-fil-A, man, they are always long. So the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew... Ask me for a drink, since I'm a Samaritan woman. For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. See, it was no secret that they didn't get along. It was no secret that the Jews didn't get along with the Samaritans, and the Samaritans didn't get along with the Jews. Everybody knew it, and that's how they lived. But Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you'd have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And she said to him, Sir, you have no bucket. You have nothing to draw the water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get living water? You're not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us the well? He drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle. And Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water in the well, oh, they're going to get thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. The water that I shall give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. That's quite a promise. And the woman said to him, Sir, oh, give me some of that water. I'll never be thirsty again. I'll never have to come back to this well again, especially at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And he said to her, Go call your husband, and come here. I want you to notice how Jesus changed the subject from water to relationships. Why did he do this? Because 
Before anyone can develop a real thirst for living water, they have to have a sense of their own need for it. And you know how that true it is. You've tried to witness to people that have refused your testimony because they don't see a need to be saved. There are some, they can look at their lives and say, oh, I love the gospel. And there are others, it's like, no, man, don't bother me with that stuff. I'm okay. Oh, I'm glad it makes you happy. If it works for you, that's beautiful. But I'm okay. And the problem is, they don't see their need for living water. Like if you're not hungry, you don't eat. If you're not thirsty, you don't drink. And if you don't see a need for a Savior, then you don't welcome the Savior. So Jesus is speaking to this woman to get her to recognize her need, not for natural water, but for living water. One man said, This thirst will not be truly awakened unless there is a sense of guilt or a consciousness of sin. Sometimes we have to look, oh yeah, deep within in order to see our need. The mention of her husband when Jesus said, go tell your husband, that's the best means of reminding this woman of her painful life. Jesus is speaking to her conscience, to her heart, to her soul. See, he's not just speaking to her head. He's speaking to her innermost being. He's getting her to see that she is on an unending search for happiness. Husband number one didn't do it. Husband number two didn't do it. Husband number three didn't do it. Husband number four didn't do it. Husband number five didn't do it. So now she probably figures, well, maybe I can find happiness with this guy with no commitment. Because that's how the conversation is going to ensue. The woman said, I have no husband. And Jesus said, you've said correctly. I have no husband. And then, you have had, he knows, he said, you have had, oh, five husbands. And the one whom you now have, he's not your husband. So you're not lying to me. You're telling me the truth. You have no husband. That's true. And then this lady, she suddenly became very short on words. You know, up until now, she was very talkative. She was going on about, you know, wells and buckets and Jacob and cattle. And now she's throwing up her God because Jesus is getting a little bit too close. Sometimes people don't want God to get too close, to touch that little soft spot inside the heart. Man, that's the time you don't want to shy away. Let God touch your heart. Don't shy away. The woman said to her, Oh, I perceive that you are a prophet. Now she's starting to change the subject as well. Because you see, Jesus is going to go into an area of her life that she probably doesn't want to go to. She tried and failed to be happy. She believed the promises of men. Right now, she probably knows she's doing wrong, and she feels the pain. You know who this woman represents? She represents the people in the world that do whatever it takes to be happy, even if what they're doing is wrong. See, the problem is, when Jesus shines his light, it shines even brighter on the conscience. 
It really does. Now, the beautiful thing, Jesus doesn't condemn her. He validates her. He doesn't condemn her and guilt her for what she's done to try to find happiness. He said, you have well said, I have no husband. He said, you're telling the truth. You're not telling me all the truth. That's okay. But you're not lying to me. It's as if Jesus is saying to the woman, I know you don't have a husband right now. I also know that you've tried five times to be happy in marriage. I know that none of them worked out. I know that now you lost hope in marriage. So you're just living with a guy. See, I know all about you. I know all about you. Man, imagine facing the Lord and he says, I know all about you. He does. As a matter of fact, in his word, he tells us how he knows all about us. And you know what? It's beautiful. And in Psalm 139, which is a beautiful psalm in the Old Testament, I'm just going to read a few passages in verse 2. Thou dost know when I sit down and when I rise up. Thou dost understand my thoughts from afar. Thou dost scrutinize my path and my lying down. You are intimately acquainted with all of my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. You have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Oh, such knowledge. It's too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot even attain to it. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make make my bed in the grave, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me, and thy right hand will lay hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me, and the light around me will be night, even the darkness is not dark to you, and the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light, they're alike to you. And then I love this. For you did form my inward parts, and you did weave me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You think about it. How well does God know us? He knows us intimately, personally. Wonderful are thy works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my substance, my unformed substance. huh? And in thy book they were all written, the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. Like the psalmist is saying, God knows us in and out. He knows how long we will live. He was there when we were born. He was there before we were born. And he'll be there when we leave. He's always there. So Jesus identifies with her and accepts her right where she is. And you know what she discovers? That she has a hidden hope. And you know what that hidden hope is? It's in verse 25. The woman said to him, Oh, I, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. And when that one comes, he will declare all things to us. Now this woman had a hidden hope. 
It was in her heart. But unfortunately, it wasn't a strong enough hope to affect the way that she was living. It was like one of those hopes that is like, I, I know one day. You know, she said, I know in verse 25 when the Messiah comes. In the word when, it means like whenever. Whenever he comes. She had a kind of dismal religious faith. Oh, I know he's going to come someday, whenever. It probably won't be in my day. But someday he'll, he'll come. I don't know when, but someday. You know, I think sometimes we feel like that. I know Jesus will bless me someday. I know he'll help me whenever. I know he'll deliver me when he gets around to it someday. I know things will get better. Well, maybe not in my life, maybe in heaven. Little did she know that the one she was speaking about was right there in front of her. He was already in her life. What does it say in verse 26? Jesus said to her, I will speak to you. Am he? I'm the one. I'm the Christ. He was right there in her life. And little do you know that he's right there in your life. The Christ is there. He's there with you. And he's there for you. And he's there in you. Don't have a dismal hope. Have a high hope. Have a strong hope. That hope, let that hope, which means confident expectation, let that hope carry you through life. That's what it needs to do. That hope can carry you all the way through life. And you know what happened to her? Her hope turned into a higher life. What was that higher life that we see in her? What do you think it was? Well, I want you to notice as we continue down in verse 27, at this point his disciples came and they marveled that he was speaking with a woman and yet no one said, what do you seek or why do you speak with her? And then the woman left her water pot, went into the city and talked to the men. She left what she was doing to do something new. See, she went to the well for water and she discovered something greater. She said, you know, water, okay, that's a good deed. I need water. I've got to cook. I've got to do laundry. I've got to feed my animals. They need a drink. But all of a sudden, when she met Jesus, she discovered a higher life. Something happened to this lady. Something touched her. You know what happened? She met Jesus. And it's true, folks. When you meet Jesus, things change. When you meet Jesus, if you've really met him, things will change. So she, she left her water pot, went into the city, and she said to the men, Come and see a man who told me all the things that I've done. This is not the Christ, is it? Oh, this lady is a genius. She is smart. She doesn't go and tell the men, 
She asks them. She doesn't say, hey, guess what? I found the Christ. You got to come and see. She says, no, I met a man who told me everything about me. Do you think this could be the Christ? And why didn't she, why did she ask them instead of like preaching to them? You know why? Because he can't tell men anything. That's why they already know it all. If she told them she found the Messiah, they would have said, yeah, right. Okay, honey. All right. You found the Messiah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. See you later. So she didn't do that. She's very smart. She knows you can't tell men anything. So she said, I met a guy. He knows everything about my life. Do you think this could be the Christ? Do you think? Because they would think, why would the Christ come to you, a Samaritan woman? But she, she knew how to talk to the men. And the men are probably like, okay, honey, you stay right here. We'll go see. We'll go check this out. You stay right here. We'll go see if this is the Christ, okay? We'll come back and we'll tell you, okay? So this allowed them to feel what all men need to feel. You know what all men need to feel? Smart. Right, men? We need to feel smart. We hate to feel dumb. Now, we know sometimes we are dumb, but we hate to feel dumb. We don't like it. We don't like that feeling. So they needed to feel smart, and this lady knew it, so she let them go and see if that was really Christ, and they'd be really smart when they said, you know what? It is. So look at the transformation of this woman's life. She spent most of her life on an unending search. For what? For happiness. Like most people, an unending search for happiness. She lived with a hidden hope in her heart, a dismal hope, a little hope. You know, I believe in the Christ, but I don't know if anything great will happen in my day, in my life. And then she met the Christ, and she found the higher life. And you know what the higher life was? Telling others about Jesus. That was the higher life. She found a greater purpose, telling others others about Jesus. And you know what she ended up with? The reward of joy. In verse 39, here's what happened. From that city, many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me all the things that I have done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they were asking him to stay with them, and he stayed with them two more days. And many more believed because of his word. Think about it. There's nothing better in all the world than being used by God to lead others to Christ. And that's what the Lord did with this woman who was probably looked down upon. That's why she was at the well at noontime because she's she she had five failures in marriage. I don't think they all died. I think they all failed. And she's living with a guy. And usually women went to the well in the early morning, in the early evening, because it wasn't so hot. And she went at noontime to, to avoid all the other women. And it was the hottest pot time of the day. So she was like the off-scouring of the village. And God used her. God used her to bring many, many souls to Christ. And you know what the Bible tells us about people like her? That there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents 
than over 99 righteous who need no repentance. This is how you get to the higher life. You get to the higher life. By what? By meeting Jesus and letting him change your life. So I'm going to give you some action steps today. Number one, go out to meet Jesus. Have you met him? I don't mean, is he an acquaintance? I mean, have you really met him? You know if you met him because your life will change. Number two, open up your heart to him. Number three, be honest. Acknowledge that you need him. Number four, let him forgive you. Let him heal your heart. Let him put you back together again. Let him instill in you the value and the worth that's been stripped away. Let him do that for you. And then lastly, go out and live the higher life. Because I'll tell you what, when you discover your divine eternal purpose, happiness will follow you. Happiness will find you. It's not about looking for happiness because you'll never find it. It's living in your purpose and happiness is there waiting for you. Happiness is the result of living in your divine purpose in life. I hope that could maybe reorient you in life if you've been looking for the wrong things. Next time we're together, got a good topic on hand. Don't quit on God. That's what we're going to talk about. Don't quit on God. Sometimes you want to. I know I do sometimes. It's like, man, that's it. I'm done. Don't quit. There's, every time you're ready to quit, you're going to find a breakthrough. Stay with God. We'll t- take a look at that next time. I want to remind you about the Hope Club. $3 a week can keep New Hope Radio on the air. Go to newhopecc.tv. Go to support. Click e-giving. Click radio. Fill out the information. Make sure you give us your email, and your support will keep New Hope Radio on the air, and I will send you out a devotional audio file every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, help you either start the day or end the day, maybe start the day, it'll be out there early in the morning, and we're going to start these audio files probably next week. So we're building our database right now, so get on board. Go to newhopecc.tv, click on the Hope Club, go to support, we'll lead you right there. And we want to help you start the day with the Word of God. Nice, encouraging, devotional to get you going. You know, if you start off on the right foot, you might keep walking the right way. And you might end up on the right foot. Those who love thy law, nothing causes them to stumble. How about that? Go through the day without stumbling. So you got to start off on the right foot. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Pretty soon, the New Hope Radio podcast will be on demand. And you can get that anytime, okay? So we're looking forward to that as well. Listen, have a great day, and I'll see you next time for more.